owners of a direct care practice are more likely to experience higher job satisfaction than the insurance-based practice, and it's no wonder why. Direct care is independent of insurance. Patients pay the doctor directly for their expertise. The doctor gets full autonomy in how they care for patients and how they get paid. We've chosen this path for the love of medicine. This is the direct care way. By listening to this podcast, you may even start to believe you too can have a successful direct care practice. Come listen with an open mind as I share my personal journey on how I pivoted from an insurance-based practice to direct care right in the middle of a pandemic and the valuable lessons along the way. This podcast may be the very thing you need to revitalize your medical practice. I'm your host, owner of a direct care podiatry practice, Dr. T. Nguyen. Hey there, welcome to episode six. I want to share with you the top three first impressions that pleasantly surprised me as I transitioned into direct care. You ready for it? Number one, my schedule was perfectly light. So it actually felt very strange to not have to hustle from one room to the next. And because I offer office-based surgery, I can get away with seeing one patient in a day and make the day's worth of revenue. Or I can see eight clinical patients in a day with the same outcome. And I really enjoy that variation of how I can design my schedule so that it works for me and my personal life and all the things that come in between. But I think for us busy mind, our ability or desire to want to be busy or in busy mode is so ingrained from our training I mean, imagine the amount of information we had to consume throughout our medical education and into residency, picking up calls at odd hours of the week. And our average work week could range anything from 60 to 80 hours, and that's considered full time as you're in training. And so when we go transition from our training and into practice, we maintain this momentum because That's just how we're trained. That's what we're used to. And now more energy is demanded from us, but the amount of time that remains in the day is exactly the same from day to day and from person to person. So as insurance reimbursements continue to decline in the midst of a pandemic when more doctors are needed, we're getting squeezed for every last bit of energy that is even left in us. We're being asked to sacrifice our personal time, our well-being for our work. And there's a lot of different ways you can count what wealth is. Wealth can be financial. Wealth can be your personal life. It could be your health. It could be a variety of things. Wealth is not just the dollars you make. But a lot of us are kind of stuck in that make money mode for our financial obligations, whatever those are. And we're stuck in a phase where we believe that to make money, we have to exchange time for that. So the more time you put in, the more money you generate. But this is not true. And I found it was really nice to get out of this routine of being busy, 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 and actually focusing on quality care and commanding a higher dollar for that care. I remember the phrase when I was interviewing with a potential employer who said, how do I want to get paid? And I said, I want to make 
money, but I don't want to burn out. And he said, well, when I was in your shoes, you eat what you kill, which is a very strange analogy for medicine. <laughs> so you had to put in a lot of hours to make a lot of money, and that's not really true anymore. Now that my schedule is perfectly light, I design what I want to get paid and how I to spend my time. I think that's a wealth in itself to have control in the schedule that just cannot be bought with any amount of dollars. Number two, I made more money faster with fewer clients in this model. So going back to you have to put in a lot of hours to make a lot of money, I did the exact opposite. I am seeing fewer patients and I'm making more money. And you're probably wondering, how is that even possible to make more money by seeing fewer patients? I remember having a conversation with a colleague who's also fellowship trained in his specialty and we were just chatting in the doctor's lounge and I was sharing my frustration with him when I was employed. I said, I just can't believe how many patients I have to get through what's demanded of me. And I just couldn't get enough energy in a day to make that possible. And I felt like I was just no longer motivated to do the work I was hired for, which was to essentially just be, just do what I'm told to do. I just couldn't handle that. And then he said to me, so what do you expect to do? See less patients and make more money? And I was like, yes, you're brilliant. Of course, he was being crass about it. But I was like, that's exactly right. I don't want to make little money and see lots of patients. That doesn't make any sense. I can't give good care. I can't even remember the patients I saw or what I saw them for. How embarrassing is that? And then when it came down to charting, like my mind was just like a mess at the end of the day. So if anyone tries to tell you, you can't make more money by seeing less, they don't have business aptitude that is really going to help you. So maybe stop sharing stuff with this person. Because the last thing you really want to surround yourself is with a bunch of naysayers that says it can't be done when in reality it's actually being done, right? And as far as pricing goes, this is actually a moving target. So you feel the market. I often change my prices on the go just because, just because I can and just because people will pay. And my promise to them is that if it doesn't work out, then I will take care of that. So I don't try to penny pinch the situation. I make a complete package and say, I do believe this is going to work for you. This is the dollar amount and this is the care that you'll receive. And it's usually bundled in a way where it includes the office visit, the actual product, if I'm using an injection, for example, and then the aftercare. So I create a package that just makes sense to me where I don't have to keep charging for each visit and it makes sense to the patient so that they feel they're really taken care of rather than having to be charged for this this and that that's my kind of method other people do do the the fee for service where it's a charge for each visit and it doesn't matter what you choose it's whatever you're comfortable in selling so I have been able to make more money seeing fewer patients. How cool is that? All right. Number three, I love the business side of medicine now. Now business was the thing that we all kind of shied away from in training because we're like, who cares? People will hire us and call it a day. And which is kind of funny because I was the president for the school's uh, practice management club and I was 
talking to a lot of people in business, not realizing that I had the business aptitude, but there was something that I learned along the way in this journey into direct care was that business skills is learnable. So just because I don't know it today doesn't mean I can't learn how to know business. And the fact is there are a lot of successful business owners who own a private practice who don't have an MBA, which there's nothing wrong with getting an MBA if that's what you want to do, but you can be very successful without additional degrees is what I really wanted to say about that. And little old me, I'm only in my third year of solo practice now. I'm on the other side of the insurance base model. I'm extremely happy with my freedom and what I'm making and the control I have in the way I practice. And I did all this without an MBA. And a lot of my mentors are doing this without an MBA. Some have an MBA and they're very valuable. So this is not really an argument between should I get an MBA or not. That's a personal decision. You decide how you want to spend your money. But if I was able to make my practice to what I want it to be without an MBA degree, that should say a lot. That means you can do it too. That means you don't have to take another six-figure loan to get that knowledge to build your dream practice. And I'm going to be real vulnerable with you real quick. In my podiatry class... I did not rank the top half of the class. Never. Not in the four years that I was there. I guess it's three because the last year is a rotation, but still. That was a truth bomb that really hurt my ego. I tried so very hard to just be good enough, and I still didn't rank in the top half of my class. And my class was about 60 people at the time. I was surrounded by really brilliant minds, very smart, quick, intelligent people, and I could not keep up. The competition was fierce and I'm so okay with that because I got to know really smart people who are still in my circle and I know if I reach out, they'd be helpful and I do the same in return. So my point is I was not the best in my class anywhere, but I still managed to create a dream practice without additional degrees. Okay, so that means that means you can do it too. Don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt yourself of the ability to learn skills that you need to create your dream direct care practice. Well, plus this is what the podcast is for. You can see me step-by-step step what I've done, what I'm doing to be where I'm at. And maybe your story is going to look a little bit different. It's going to be your own, but the foundation is out there. Business skills are learnable skills. You can do it. So I went from having no business skills whatsoever. I mean, my parents had failed businesses after failed businesses. So I thought it was just in my genetics that I wasn't meant to have a business of my own. Funny where life kind of leads you along the way, but I'm enjoying it now because I can see how much knowing business skills can give you freedom that maybe you didn't think you knew you had. And it's been an incredible journey for me to meet people who are actually wanting to help me succeed in the business arena. And I want to be that resource for you as well. So maybe you're in a position right now where you recognize the insurance-based model isn't for you. You're in practice and it's not what you thought it would be like, which is exactly where I was three years ago. To get to a different place, you have to believe in a different version of yourself. You can learn skills to get you there. 
but you're going to have to have a new narrative. You're evolving. You're human. You're allowed to evolve. You're allowed to have a change in opinion, and a change in attitude, and a change of perspective. And in fact, you should, as an evolving human. So, in order to get to a new place, you have to adapt a new perspective, because the mentality that we have in insurance-based model, where you have to see more to make more, is not going to serve you in your future path of direct care. Now, of course. You can continue to see the volume in direct care as you wish, with whatever price range you decide. But if you want to change that, that's also available to you. And if you want to do that without being dependent on insurance reimbursements and regulations, you're going to have to adopt some new beliefs. And I believe this is where a lot of us are stuck. Number one, we believe that. It can't be done, or it's too hard, or it's not sustainable, right? Anytime you try something new, your mind is filled with worst-case scenario before you even start. You say things like, "What if I fail?" Now, it's okay to think that it's protective. It's what our brain is supposed to do. It's supposed to protect us. So, your exercise after finishing this podcast episode is to. Write another story that is believable to you, because you got to start with reality a little bit, right? So if you're going to say, "What if I fail?" Ask the exact opposite: "What if I succeed?" And allow these two stories to have equal time in your brain, because right now, what we do as humans, we allow autopilot. We allow, "What if I fail?" to run the entire narrative. A hundred percent of the time, and that's why we don't try new things, and that's why we make all of the excuses to say it won't work for us when, in fact, it's working for people like myself. And now, just ask yourself, what if it does work? Because if you don't ask yourself that question, you may never seek change. You may continue to live the life you have. Maybe you're okay with where you are. Maybe you're completely not okay with where you are. So you have to ask yourself: What if it works? If it works, will you be happy? Will you be better off? Will you get to do the things you've dreamed of doing? Will you live a quality life? Will you have your dream practice? Will you get to have wealth in time, in family, in health, in all of these other things that are important to you? So it's a simple exercise, and not just ask yourself, but write it down. What if it works? What if direct care works for you? Write down what you would gain. For me, I shared with you the things that I gained. I had a perfectly light schedule, so I was able to gain more time. I made money faster, so I can reinvest in myself, in the practice, do other things with my money besides stress about it. And then I realized in this journey that I actually like business in general. I really like having a practice that generates profit, that keeps my doors open, without the insurance headache and regulations. I mean, that's the point of business, isn't it? To front load the hardship which we have done with our training, and to set up a system that allows our business to eventually work for us in the long term. So, direct care for me was a long-term goal. You're gonna have to learn a couple more skills along the way to make this really work out. And you know what? 
You don't have to do any of this alone. There are experts out there waiting for you to call them to help you succeed, to get you to where you want to be faster, faster than you can possibly do on your own. So reach out. And if you're scared, that's okay. I was too. We all were. But think of long-term benefits. Does the current path that you have sustainable long-term? Or do you think direct care would be more sustainable for you? That's a story that you're going to have to write. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe so more people like you can have access to another way of practicing medicine, the direct care way. Let's connect. Find my info in the show notes and send me your questions. It might be the topic for future episodes. And lastly, if you remember nothing else, remember this, you are in control of your life. See you next time.